you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Report. I am Steve White here with my guy James Palmer. JP, we are approaching the first quarter poll of the NFL season. We'll be four games done after Monday night. This is where teams find out who they are, JP. Yeah, they find out who they are. I love it. One thing I'd like to add to the NFL game experience. We're at a lot of these games, Steve. I was at a MLS game. The Colorado Rapids play right down the street from me, playing against Vancouver. Sat in the supporters section with my son. We yeah. need more drums and horns and uh, hell, bring the Vuvuzelas back. I, I love the environment of the musical side of, of a soccer game. That's not at NFL, NFL contests. Yeah, you know, I think at Philly, if, if we brought some of those potential uh, weapons into the stadium. Oh, come on now. In stadiums like that. All right, um, low blow. It, 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 no, it's, it's true. You know the real deal. You know the deal. But look, we've got a great show. Also, we're going to have Niner mm. Safety Talanoa Hufanga on here. We're going to be joined yes. by Brian Baldinger for his breakdowns. Jane Slater is going to be coming in talking Cowboys, Pats, plus Alvin Kamara's return, and Stacey Dales and Cameron Wolf on the big Bills-Dolphins matchup. But, JP, before we Love get it. started, we have to follow the frenzy. We have to go back to mm -hmm. MetLife Stadium where Taylor Swift – is going to be taking all eyes off of the home team product, the New York Jets. Thank goodness for those fans when they play Kansas City this week. And she's going to be there to see her, her beau. He admitted it on his podcast, Travis Kelsey. He said mm -hmm. this isn't a front. So it debunks my theory yeah. of the new tight ends series. That's the spinoff of the quarterback series. You know, him and Taylor are, are, are really an item, J.P. Yeah, it also debunks a lot of what... Well, it actually doesn't debunk what all my friends in Philly think, which she's trying to infiltrate the defending Super Bowl champions from within because she's a diehard Eagles fan. We'll see at the end of the season if that's actually how this thing is really playing out. But, but let's get to, Steve, some of these teams, because we know the Chiefs are for real. So they're yep. not on our list of questioning teams, whether they're for real or not. You mentioned the quarter point is usually where most coaches in the NFL, if you ask them, say, now I know what my team really is, what we really have. So we're going to play a little game. We're going to go straight down the list. We're going to talk about how good are they. I'm also going to call it my for real meter. How for real are these teams, Steve? Yeah. On your for real meter, how for real are the Dallas Cowboys after what happened against the Arizona Cardinals, the shocker of week three? They're for real. I mean, look, no one's going to win them all, okay. but we look, their, their defense is so legit, JP. And one thing we've seen about these teams that have jumped out to these early starts is great defense. We can talk about all the offenses we want, but the great defenses are keeping them together. I will say this about the Cowboys, though. They've got to get things going in the red zone offensively. Big time. Dak still has to see the field better. And Mike McCarthy's got to call some better plays. Um, this defense can only carry them so far. For the past few seasons, they've led the NFL in takeaways. They've got Micah Parsons, but you lose Trey Diggs at corner. They've got to kind of work their way through that, and they will. I mean, they've got great coaching on that side mm -hmm. of the ball. The Dallas Cowboys are for real. They're going to be there at the end. Yeah, and I, you know, you could think just three games in, the issues in the red zone, as we're seeing them here, if you're watching the show, not just listening to the show, is they were number one in red zone offense a season ago. Yeah. So you could think that, Steve, they would correct some of these. There's only three teams worse than them in terms of the red zone so far in this early part of the season. To me, what jumps out is that you've lost some of those red zone staples that you've had over the last couple of years. Dalton Schultz, the tight end, has gotten more targets in the red zone last year than any other player on the Cowboys. He's gone. We know how dominant Zeke Elliott was in that short yardage red zone portion, oh, Steve, yeah. that actually is really, if you talk to defense coordinators, that's, that's an advantage there when you have the short yardage part because running is so important. And you have the boundaries that help your defense, in a sense, and the power back of Zeke Elliott, both those guys being gone. What I'm also curious is that's also changed is that you don't see Dak using his legs very much no. since really that, that, that brutal ankle injury. Before that, he was a threat. You go back and look at the stats. Before that ankle injury, he was a threat to use his legs in the red zone. That's another part that you know Dak hinted. Maybe that's something I come back on. But if they fix these red zone stuff, like they're, they're right back to where, to where we've seen them. And get offensive linemen healthy. We know the durability of their offensive line has been an issue. All right, JP, are the Pittsburgh Steelers 
the two and one Steelers for real? I don't know yet. I, oh. I, I, I don't know where my for real meter is. My for real meter is somewhere around a six. And, and we're talking about an offense in Dallas that we think you fix the red zone problems, boom, they're right back to it because they are having long drives, great drives. I'm still curious about this Steelers offense, and there's still been so many questions. I don't know if there's an offensive coordinator in football, Steve, that's questioned more by the fans of their team than Matt Cannon. Oh, there I is. Mean, there he is. had a really, really strong game. There is? Who? Yeah, it's Chicago. Luke Getze. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Okay. Luke gets that's that's actually a good call. Anyway, Matt Canada did play, did set things up for Kenny Pickett very well in this last game. And what did we see? It's because they ran the football pretty well and they were able to play off of play action. I think Kenny Pickett personally, having a chance to talk to him in training camp, him operating out of play action, giving a defense uh, the ability to have to think about the run game with Najee Harris and company. That showed me that this offense has the ability to go out and make some plays and sustain some drives. You saw all these different things they can do. Mike Tomlin talked about it this week, just saying if we can do all these different things, you can be more diverse in your play calling, something that we didn't see. They've had their work cut out with them with a lot of dominant pass rushers going after this offensive line. But I think that's just one game where we've seen Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada go out there and play really good offensive football. I still need to see it a little bit more because there's still some questions. I, I would agree with that. But again, they opened up against San Francisco and Cleveland, two of the best defenses. They're going to confound that's just tough. about everybody. I do need to see a little bit more. But one reason I still love the Steelers, the past two Decembers and Januaries, their record – Nine and three. This group of players mm. finishes the season well, especially when the weather gets a little bit inclement, and they are holding teams during that span, JP, to five points a game less. Oof. So they tend to play their best football at the end of the season. That's why if they kind of hold water and keep on going in the direction that they're going in, I think they're going to be very good. Okay, I like it. Also, we haven't seen Joey Porter Jr. a whole lot. It's kind of increased in snaps a little bit yep. as he's gone on. Yep. Uh, he's kind of getting his feet where they're kind of doing that with a lot of the rookies. So maybe they'll start getting some more time as they move on with this season. Let's move on with this, Steve, to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, Let's yeah. stay in the division. Are the Browns for real in your mind? Yeah. I mean, remember, James, this is the team I called to win the AFC North coming into the season. Yep. Um, we knew the defense was going to be good. But good grief. I mean, what's going on Did you know right be now this good? <laughs> is, is, is insane. I mean, you know, we, we know Miles Garrett, but again, the, the guys in the secondary, the corners, what they're doing up front is just is just insane. I mean, Oba Okoronkwo and, and Taki Taki, these are players that we're not talking about on the second level of this defense who are absolutely raising Kane on that secondary level. So offensively, that still remains the question. Now that Nick Chubb is out, again, it's going to be more of a Deshaun-friendly-based offense. I like what they did last week with Elijah Moore, the slot receiver who plays out of the backfield sometimes. I think he's going to become more of a threat, expand this offense a little bit. But the Cleveland Browns, unless they just absolutely melt down, and we know what has happened in the factory of sadness. Steve, I can't record. believe you even said it. Um, but wow. I think they are going to still be there when it's on. They're for real. I'm all in on them. Yeah, this, this defense is actually off the charts. What have they given up? A touchdown, I think, so far? Like, they're, they're playing phenomenal defense. I think on the offensive side, Steve, I love that you mentioned Elijah Moore lining up in the backfield. What else did they do to kind of add some wrinkles? You saw Jerome Ford line up all the way out yeah. wide and play that receiver spot, the ability to make some of these things. What I need to see, though, I need to see Amari Cooper stay healthy for them to stay real. I do think that's key to this entire offense. I talked to Deshaun Watson after their final preseason game, and really so much of our conversation was based on their relationship and the importance. That is a true number one wide receiver, and man, was he living it. He doesn't talk much, Steve, but he was not happy about being called out of bounds when he wasn't anywhere close to being out of bounds. He would have had an, an avalanche of yards in week three. So finding other ways to get these guys involved in the game in other spots is an interesting wrinkle. Deshaun using his legs, playing out of the shotgun, I like, and you're going to see more of that. But I think Amari Cooper staying healthy and Deshaun Watson limiting turnovers and not hurting this defense. The only game this season he didn't have a turnover was last week. All right, JP, we, we've kind of stated semi-obvious stuff here. We don't have enough time to get to the all, all the teams we had on the rundown, but that's okay. Because I want to hit a team you talked about on Monday. The Indianapolis mm -hmm. Colts. At two and yeah, one, have shown tremendous promise. Okay, are they mm -hmm. for real? Are the Colts and Shane Steichen? Are they in the real deal category? Well, this is what they have. They lead the division right now in their next three games: Rams, Titans, Jags. 
they can win all of those games, Steve. And I think what we've learned from Shane Steichen's group, and the reason I talked about him is I thought he's had a tremendous job coaching this team so far. We saw how resilient and tough they were coming out of that game in overtime in a win over the over the Baltimore Ravens. What I'm interested in seeing is do you continue to see Anthony Richardson's growth? We saw Gardner Minshew come in for a game and, and play well, but I do like the amount of time I'm told Gardner Minshew spending with Anthony Richardson. Day off, watching film, Shane Steichen, everything around him. Do they continue to see him grow? Zach Moss has emerged in the run that? game. And could they get Jonathan Taylor back as they've massaged this whole situation. What is that backfield with Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor if he comes back healthy as a one-two punch? That could be one of the best backfields in football. I love that, but let's not forget where the Colts also are winning their games. That's on the defensive side of the ball. They're playing excellent mm-hmm. up front. Guys like DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, right? The high draft pick, Big I think time. he's got three, if not four sacks already. He is playing exceptionally well. And a little bit later on in the show, Argar Brian Baldinger is going to talk about another one of their defensive players who he loves. But coming up next, we've got Stacey Love Dales, it. we have got Cam Wolf, and we have got Jane Slater to talk about some of the Boots biggest the ground, Steve. games. Some of the biggest games coming up in week four. We're off and running at the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We're just getting started. I am so proud of everyone. I want you guys to enjoy it, but keep it in perspective. It is a third win. We care about our standard and our standard only. Welcome back to the NFL Report. We're just getting started with a 70 burger. It's just the beginning. Well, it's going to be Bills, Dolphins in Buffalo, and I'm very envious, Steve, of Stacey Dales mostly uh, all the time, but she's going to be the one that's going to be at this game, so I'm very envious of her again once on this Sunday. But Cam, I'm going to start with you, though, because you hit us up with a text this week and we're like, hey man, this locker room, I've been talking to guys in here and they have not enjoyed what's gone on against the Buffalo Bills of late in these matchups. What's going on down there in Miami? Yeah, James, the Dolphins have been the darlings of the NFL the first three weeks after you put up 70. It's usually that way. But they're facing their big boss. You know, if you play video games, there's the big boss at the end of the hill. And it's the <laughs> Bills for them, right? They they haven't won in Buffalo since 2016. They're 9-2 and two against – or 2-9 and nine against Josh Allen in their time there. And talking to some of the guys, it's like, man, we got to beat these guys. We have to. We have to. It, it, it feels like the final checkpoint for them to show that they're actually legit. Because remember, they – started 3-0 last year and then fizzled off and so this definitely feels like a checkpoint guys were mentioning the last time they were in Buffalo they remember getting hit with snowballs in that playoff game from fans from behind them yeah. it won't be snowing this week but it's become a little bit of a feisty rivalry Christian Wilkins likes to get into it with the Bills uh, offensive lineman and Josh Allen and uh, Mike McDaniel had a great line this week when he said if you can't get motivated for a game like this you need to check your pulse or get into another career Hey, hey, James, didn't you just have popcorn with Baldy on the last segment? <laughs> it's back, baby. It's back, James. Have you yeah. tried these oh, is the question. Oh, that's an oh, excellent. Have you tried no. these? Sea salt and vinegar. This is some air fried right delicious goodness. Skinny Pop's yeah. like, what, 80 calories? Wow. Right? 80 calories. That's right. Watching my figure. Yeah. Well, I-, I loved everything Cam just said. My point is, is I'm going to take some chips or I'm going to get some popcorn because this is going to be an incredible football game on Sunday <laughs> yes. at Highmark Stadium. I mean, you better bring the popcorn because are we going to get a shootout or are we going to oh, yeah. get a defensive juggernaut in this football game? But what, you know, as I've, uh, I, I have to say, maybe envy Cam because he gets to cover this Miami team every single week. They are just an absolute joy to cover. I was on the phone with a couple players yesterday and I think it all starts with, 
you know, not just from the top down, but really Mike McDaniel and how special he is. And, you know, I, I spoke one of the players yesterday with uh, yeah. Alec Ingold, who's a fullback, and he does such a fantastic job in the in really all facets for this team. I asked him, what, what is it about Mike McDaniel that's so special? And what was really interesting about his response, it wasn't, he didn't start with the X's and O's and he didn't start with the brilliance and the mad scientist that Mike McDaniel is. He said that Mike empowers human beings and he empowers them to be the best version of themselves. Every single conversation that Mike has with his players, Alec Ingold told me is so intentional. And from the moment that you walk into that facility, and get ready for really the entire game plan on Wednesday. He has everything covered. He has every dimension covered. And then by the time you get to game day, I thought it was really cool. He said, we are so prepared and Mike is just so relaxed on game day. That was really unique to me because when we watch him coach on Sundays, he has that real, and Cam, you could speak to this, that real calmness about him that I think has really infiltrated Tua. And one of the reasons Tua has played with such poise and Really, that operation has been fantastic. Yeah, Stacy, he brings confidence to the group. Um, they really embody him because I remember when he got hired, a lot of questions were, "Is can this guy lead? Um, he leads his way and his team flows their way. If you just watch Tua on the podium over the last 12 months, you see a complete different energy about him. We were just joking with him yesterday about him throwing the ball righty and lefty. And he just, you know, just kind of just laughs and, and completely is himself um, hopping into interviews in the locker room. These are elements that we didn't see in the first two years of his career. And that's a direct uh, derivative of Mike McDaniel. And what's so intriguing is you see his scheme. We know him because of his humor, but we see his scheme really taking over this year. Frank Smith, the offensive coordinator, was talking today and said that he's had high school coaches text him this week trying to figure out their motion. What can we do to copy your exit motion with, with the running backs, with Tyree Kill, all of these elements? And so he's connecting with the players, as you mentioned, Stacy, with his energy, with his personality, with this, with this realness. But he's also revolutionizing how they go about this league, as Sean McDermott said this week, with the way they use motion. Stacey, you know, I, I want to get to you real quick because I want to get to the Buffalo side because we know the Bills have the number two offense in the NFL behind the Dolphins. But you said the Josh Allen conversation is he's learning to take the check down. That's something that's mm. really kind of helped mm. him, especially after week one. How could that come into play against an offense where a quarterback really knows the importance of the check down? Yeah, well, I think after we witnessed Josh throw a multitude of interceptions uh, to start off the season, you know, I had the Buffalo Bills a couple weeks ago against the Raiders, and one of the conversations I had with an executive is was essentially, uh, you know, take what the defense gives you. Don't get bored doing that. Josh Allen is such a talent. I was on the phone with another executive this morning that is not related to this game, and we were just talking about quarterbacks. And... Josh Allen uh, is just such a rare talent, and he's so massively gifted, not only in terms of his physical stature and his size, but his ability to rocket the football. And with that being said, he gets a little bored sometimes, as I was, as it was explained to me, and just taking what the defense gives you. He's going to have to do this. You know, Vic Fangio has already had an impact, as, as Cam is well aware, and you guys are well aware in Miami. The players have bought into it. The players are... are you know, I've been quite impressed with this Miami defense uh, thus far this season. And, you know, it will be a tall order, though, to go into Buffalo because we know that Josh can put up points. Um, but I'll just I'll finish with this. This is the storyline is this offense against Sean McDermott. As he has said, I'm continuing to knock the rust off as the defensive play caller this year because we know Leslie Fr Frazier's not there. And as he continues to do that, he has the number one takeaway defense in football, number two total, number two scoring defense. This is a really good unit. And I think the storylines are just jumping off the page in every dimension for this game. I love, if I can go in here briefly, I love what Stacy said about Josh facing this defense because the big difference with Vic Fangio is they take away that big play. Javon Hollander's safeties played incredible ball on the back end, but the Dolphins score a lot of points. And so what you said about Josh Allen wanting to take the check down, I wonder if there's going to be moments in the game where Josh looks over to the other sideline and is like, I might have to make a play. I might have to go into my, my Superman Josh Allen mode to be able to keep up with this offense and how they balance that. That's why this game is going to be so fun to watch. I'm, I'm definitely uh, envious to you, Stacey.
<laughs> we are all envious of Stacey. That Listen, the Chiefs do that to teams over the last couple of years uh, a bunch. So, yeah, that's something that you've seen it affect opposing, uh, opposing offenses for sure. Thanks, Stace. Thanks, Cam. Appreciate it, guys. But let's jump to week five right now, guys, because listen to this. Week five is a monster international matchup that can only be watched exclusively on NFL+. Plus. It's the Bills. It's the Jaguars at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. It's a dynamite venue, October 8th at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. You want to watch that game, sign up at plus.nfl.com. Y'all put us on top of the world. Um, we, knew, we know who we are. Um, and, and in that same sense, I'm sure the media got, got what they wanted. Uh, for us, um, it hadn't been but one, one undefeated team in this league um, ever, ever. So, uh, yeah, it, it sucks. It's humbling. Um, but to say it's a wake-up call, we, we knew we had a lot of adversity, um, and we just, just didn't get it done. And I think it just goes back to, to myself, the offense, and, and the red zone. So, I mean, we get better at there. We win this game. But uh, we've, we've got to fix that area, period. That was Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott after the team's upset loss to Arizona last week. And now let's bring in our Jane Slater um, to see if she can answer some of the questions, especially something that Dak brought up there with that statement. Fix it, Jane. Red zone offense. That has been an issue when last year, last couple years, it has not been. What is the deal and how can they fix it, Jane? Well, I would argue maybe try somebody else there inside the 20 than Jake Ferguson. I find it interesting that okay. he is seeing more targets than Brandon Cooks, Tony Pollard, and CeeDee Lamb combined. Why? You were talking about last year through three games, they were four for six in terms of scoring touchdowns inside the 20. This year, they're six for 15. So they've got to figure out something. Now, I think what's hurting them right now, honestly, guys, is losing their offensive linemen. Last week, we were told Tyron Smith mm. was dressed out. He was even named a team captain. He was active. Ultimately, when he went through warm-ups, he wasn't ready to go. You were also missing Zach Martin and your center, Tyler Biotis. Remember last year, some of the issues for Dak Prescott, and I'm not talking about just inside the red zone. I'm talking about period. At the line of scrimmage, he was doing too much. In other words, he was calling out some of the protections. They want to take that off of his plate. Now, I asked Zach Martin today, could that have been an issue the last couple of weeks? His defense of that was no. He seems to think the offensive line did a pretty good job. He also pointed out, hey, they work with these, these substitutions, these younger guys, a lot in camp. We saw them rotating the guys out quite a bit during OTAs, and it was even Mike McCarthy today who said they spend a particular amount of time during the week, Mondays, and even saw it up there on the board today. They have the young guns meetings. So they are cognizant of, hey, in the past, injuries have slipped us up. Let's not let injuries slip up. up slip us up this year. I'm just wondering what's going on with this offense as a whole. I did reach out to someone inside the building, Steve, because I know you and I will talk about things offline. And one of my questions was, is this offense being a little too conservative with Dak? In other words, have they overcorrected to mitigate some of those interceptions last year? I don't know the answer to that, but it does seem like one of my buddies here, Patrick Walker, did this great article talking about middle of the field shots, deep shots down the middle. They don't exist this year. I found that very, very interesting, and I want to know why. So I'll see if I can get the answer to that. Jane, I want to ask you about Tony Pollard real quick. Just, uh, you know, that, that end part of the red zone, the short red zone, has been an issue for the Cowboys. They're getting inside the 10. That was Zeke's domain for a long time. What's the look of Tony Pollard in the run game, maybe in the red zone or other aspects? Look, I think Tony Pollard's actually done a really nice job here this year. And, you know, we can make the case about Ezekiel Elliott and whether this team would have been better to have him or not have him. Yesterday, he told me there were minimal discussions about him even returning. So inside this building, the wisdom was price tag and production. It just didn't make sense. Now, their hope was obviously that they would not get the same back uh, of Ezekiel Elliott with Tony Pollard. Their hope was sort of running back by committee. We've seen them do that around here before. Remember when they did that with the <laughs> wide receivers? It didn't work. Mm -hmm. So I think they're still trying to figure this thing out. What worries me a little bit for Tony Pollard, though, is it's feeling a little bit like DeMarco Murray's final years here where they're running him into the ground. I mean, through the Ooh. first three games, he's got more touches 
than we saw from him all of last year. So I want to know how sustainable that's going to be. Are they going to start working in their fullback, Hunter Lepke? Are they going to start seeing more of Rico Dowdle? Will we see more of Deuce Vaughn? So I think they're still filling out some of their personnel as it relates to Mike McCarthy's new offense. I like that, the overwork, the comparison to mm. Marco Murray. Hey, while we're on running backs, Jane, let's slip down to New Orleans real quick. Alvin Kamara's coming back from his three-game suspension. We know they're not going to have Derek Carr. So it's going to seem like Alvin's going to solve all their problems because they're going to have to have a short passing game and the running game with Jameis Winston at quarterback. What can you tell us about him finally getting back on the field after that three-game suspension? Well, getting Alvin Kamara back is huge. He's, you know, he is such a difference maker. He's such a game changer. I think I was there a couple, what was it, the sixth touchdown game against Minnesota a couple of years ago back in December. I was there for that one. And obviously, sitting that guy out for three games, he's ready to play. I, the only thing that I'm curious about, guys, and I'm going to throw this one back to you, is why not utilize Taysom Hill as a quarterback? Why are we moving away from that when we saw at points that it worked? And that's not a shot at Jameis Winston. In fact, Jameis Winston typically plays up uh, when it comes to playing against uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I just don't understand why they're not considering, at least, the use of, I understand not moving him out of the tight end position altogether, but why aren't they utilizing him a little bit more in this offense, particularly when Things haven't really changed since Sean left. I mean, this is still a Pete Carmichael offense. Carmichael. I can't make sense of it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, my thought real quick, JP, since we're, we're, we're close on time, they've tried it with Taysom before, and over the long haul, it hasn't worked. It has worked in spots. That That's pretty much all I could think I'd, of. There, I'd see more more snaps, though, for sure. I'd see more snaps I think than you so. would normally see when Derek was in there. Yeah. The bigger question that Jane answered to me on the phone before we talked about is Alvin Kamara corrected the pronunciation of his name. Jane, pronounce it correctly for the people. Well, he says his mom says Kamara, but he goes by Kamara is what he will tell his friends. So he says you can say Kamara or Kamara. I know here on the NFL Network, I've said it different ways. I know all of you guys have said it different ways. So there you go. Either way works. All right, Jane, thank you so much. And coming up next on the NFL Report... We're throwing up the tee with Niner safety, Talanoa Hufanga, a.k.a. Huff, next on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back to the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weich with you. And Steve, they did it last year. Best defense in football, the San Francisco 49ers. And three games in, (laughs) they're right where they left off. A season ago, a top five defense in pretty much everything. The only team to not allow a completion of over 20 air yards this season. This defense is firing all cylinders, and that pass defense not giving up deep throws. Uh, we need some info on it. I think. Uh, we're about to get that info because we're getting ready to bring in a key member of that secondary. All pro safety, Talanoa Hufanga Huff. Thanks so much for joining us here on the NFL Report. Thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate hey. it. Hey, man, you're off to a great start at the season. Two picks, both on tipped passes, though. You're like the king of the tip pass INT, bro. Like, what exactly is it where you're always in position to be the recipient of the tip drill? Honestly, uh, all glory to God, but first and foremost, we, we practice it each each day. Uh, we got tip, uh, tip drills, a turnover circuit, and uh, for me, just to go through those drills and kind of just practice what, what they preach and everything. So when it happens in the game, you got to be ready for it. And uh, Fred has blessed me with two of them. So all shouts out, shout out to Fred <laughs> uh, helping me out. Steve called you Huff. Can I call you Huff? Are we close enough to do that? Yes, sir. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. Huff, let me ask you, I mean, this is your second year as a starter now. So what what have you, what did you do this off season to take another step? Because, man, did you have success in the first year as a starter. So what, what did you do to think, all right, I need to go, I, I need to go this much further in my game. What aspect did you look into? Well, honestly, I think you can involve your whole game, uh, truthfully. Uh, your weaknesses, your strengths, just always wanting to be the best at, at all of it, uh, continue to grow. Uh, I think for me, my vision, 
especially having a new coach that really preaches the vision aspect of it uh, and Coach Wilkes uh, allows me to be more of a leader in the back end and be able to see more and, and, and communicate. So when you evolve your whole game, I think that's what helps everybody elevate their game to around you uh, and just being a guy that can they can lean on and, and guys that can help other other guys be put in place to make plays. Talano, if you could expand on that, because Steve Wilkes is your new defensive coordinator, and you and you just said he he said the vision aspect of that is important. What has Steve done, and what exactly do you mean when you say expanding the vision aspect of playing that position? Well, I think one one of the the greatest comments that he always says is, you know, the formation is talking to you. You know, understanding what you see is what you're probably going to get, allowing you to play faster, seeing what you're going to see before the snap. Pat- snap counts uh starts so allowing yourself to put other guys in position too so um i think he allowed the safeties to be a little bit more free in the back uh making the vision kind of more allowing us to play what we do uh and, and make the plays that we can but helping other guys be put in place too so um it's a lot of just those intricacies of the, of the formation uh but it's, it's been really good for us for sure tono i'm curious I, you know i from a, just watching your games it seems like there is a chip on this entire team's shoulder, both sides of the ball. I feel like I see it in the play calling that Kyle has, in the way he goes after certain players, what's said in your locker room, post-game. And it seems like this revolves around you guys know how good you were last year. And it didn't finish for a variety of reasons. Obviously, we know a couple of them the way you wanted it to. Is that chip legitimate? Like, is that talked about in the locker room? Because it seems like a more motivated team maybe than anybody else in football right now. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think everybody in the league should have a chip on the shoulder. I think that's just what the game comes with. You know, every 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 day, even any given Sunday, anybody can get beat. And so for us, it's allowing us to have that mm-hmm. chip on our shoulder, go in there with the mindset that we want to win. Uh, we want to allow ourselves to to be in midseason, mid-season shape that we had last year. We kind of wanted to start that off a little bit sooner this year because, you know, some of the early on losses last year kind of put us in a tough spot towards the end. Uh, but for us, just okay. allowing ourselves to get going, uh, that's kind of where we're trying to get right now. Talano, we know this roster is loaded. And, and this is crazy because, like I mentioned, you were first-team Pro Bowler last year, first-team All-Pro. And when people talk about the talent on your defense, they tend to go Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave, Warner, Greenlaw. It's like, what about Talano? He's, he's a Pro Bowler, and he doesn't usually get mentioned in, in the top five. What about that, and just what about the overall abundance of talent that you guys have? Uh, honestly, if they didn't have to mention my name at all and guys got all the credit, I'm, I'm all for it. I think uh, you're allowing yourself to, to get those, those guys up front, do what they do. It helps our job in the back end. So uh, as a safety and corners, you know, we, we try to help out in any way we can to give them extra time just to get back there and get a sack. But those guys up front, you know, they lead the way. Uh, a guy like Fred, he commands the defense. He's a leader on our on our defense uh, and allows us to play free, too. So, uh, you know, that run game is is really set the tone from them and then allows us to pass game. We can give them an extra, extra second so they can get home. Uh, we'll do it anytime. All right, Steve mentioned all the talent on the defensive side. Then let's go to the offense. And we got Christian McCaffrey and we got George Kittle and we got Thibo and we got Ayuk and we got the list goes on and on. Best all-around athlete Ooh. on the San Francisco 49ers is Ooh. who? Uh, man, probably Coach Kyle. What? <laughs> Joke, jokingly. <laughs> oh. Uh, I don't know. Coach Kyle, Coach Kyle he, he puts those guys in the spots. You know, I think this was a, was a, was a tough conversation is, is who would you build your team around if you had one player to play all 11 spots? And so when, when you think about it, a okay. guy like George Kittle, when a guy like George Kittle that can't, can do the pass protection, can run the ball, can block and and catch. I don't know if he can throw, but maybe a guy like Kittle, I'd probably say he's he's probably up there. So okay, that's a good answer, man. Because you, normally, you know, you know, Tano, you know, guys are like, okay, who can go basically go out on a basketball court and dunk and light guys up? But I love the way yes. that you spun that. Okay, speaking of your <laughs> offense, first three games, thirty points, thirty points, thirty points. What's the deal, and are you anticipating 30 against the Cardinals this weekend? Oh, man, I, honestly, I'm just hoping for a win. So regardless of what it looks like, you know, we're just going to preach 1-0 this week. 30 would be cool, maybe a little bit more than 30, but <laughs> I really don't know. It's, it's crazy that it happened three weeks in a row, though. I'll tell you that. Well, I want to stick with the offense because I want a safety's perspective on your quarterback in Brock Purdy. This is the, maybe the only show that says he, he, he's play, he deserves the respect – 
now with as much as he's played that he should be in the conversation with a lot of these other quarterbacks. What does Brock Purdy do that that makes him a, a very good quarterback? Because I think everybody just says, right, Tano, like the weapons he has. It's easy. No, what does he do as a quarterback that impresses you as a safety? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost is his prep. I think, you know, I'm a guy that I'm two lockers down from him. So uh, I see what he does on a daily basis okay. in terms of his prep. A uh, guy that shows up each and every day. And I think he commands the huddle. You know, anybody can be plugged into a system and have a bunch of weapons, but it's how can you command the guys, earn the respect, and, and on top of that, uh, perform when needed to. And a guy like him, he, he's shown that each and every week uh, last year uh, and, and so far this year. So, uh, obviously, that he's a top quarterback in this league. And for me, just get to go against him, it, it ups our game, the competition. So, uh, from that safety perspective, uh, very blessed just to go against him for sure. Got to ask you about your cousin and fellow USC Trojan, Tuli Tuapalochi. Yeah. He is balling right now, man. Two sacks, nine tackles. He seems to be living in opposing backfields. What about his start, and could you foresee him kicking off the season the way he has? Um, you know, I'm very close to uh, my, my little cousin, and honestly, his older brother as well. Uh, he was my roommate. He plays for Philadelphia. Uh, he got a sack this last Monday night as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, just very proud of them. Uh, you know, we train together, and these guys are just uh, – uh, they got motors, and, and they're doing what they're supposed to do, and, and we're allowing it. We're throwing the tees up everywhere. And so very, very blessed just to, to, to be a part of a, a special group like that with, with my cousins, for sure. Every time I turn on the screen, I feel like I'm seeing one of the, like the team from somewhere, you know, whether it's at the college level or the pros, it's pretty awesome. Tonga takeover. Uh, we'll finish it with this. U USC, CU, I'm sitting here in Denver right now. What are we going to see in Boulder? A couple really talented quarterbacks going at it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we see a USC win. Um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I've got a pull for my team uh, where I went to college, but for um, sure. No. Very, very excited to watch Coach Prime, though. You know, I've, I've been following it so far, uh, and it's really cool to see the way he's changed the program over there and the, and the mindset. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a clash. Obviously, I would love for it to be a blowout, uh, but I know Coach Prime is, is dialing <laughs> things up and, and, and turning the tables over there for sure. Tal, no, you're not going to give uh, the Prime any bulletin board material because he know, you know he takes everything personal. But look, Person. man, we can't thank you enough for joining <laughs> us because, you know, you're such a special player. I know you, you're sure. a special dude, man. You do a lot of things to make people's lives better. So, again, really appreciate you taking the time, my man. No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so Love much. It. Coming up next, Brian Baldinger. Yeah, you know the king of the breakdowns? He's going to break down some offensive and defensive rookies. You're watching Jalen Carter of the Eagles. Because he has been a grown man. Up next on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, back at the NFL Report, and we are now joined by Brian Balding. Well, well not yet, because JP's eating popcorn. Oh, because I get <laughs> it. Right. He's always watching Baldy's films. I got you, James. I got you. I'm watching hey. Baldy's films, you know? Hey. So, so what are his favorite films today? We, we just had the interview with Talano Hufanga. In 2016, you and I emceed the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony where your dear friend Vi Sikahema, yeah. one of the first Tongan players to ever play in the NFL, I was enshrined Vi. in the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. That's right, JP, for the Philadelphia Eagles and the mm -hmm. St. Louis Cardinals. But Baldy, mm -hmm. Talano Hufanga, Tuli Tui Paluto, and then his brother Marlon, Marlon are all coming off big, big games and breaking down the film. And let's start with Talanoa. Of these three Tongan just terrors on the field on the defensive side of the ball, what have you seen from these guys? Well, I mean, playmaking, playmaking ability by all of them. Um, you know, when you look at Talanoa, like he can be your deep free safety and get those tape, tip ball interceptions that you asked about, James. He can be in the box playing right next to Fred Warner and Dre and be in the backfield at the snap 
okay, and making a tackle for loss. He can be on the blitz off the edge. You can really just about – you can line him up and have him cover the tight end. Like, he's just all over the place. And he just has instincts for the game, real instincts. And then he just has this ability to crash your party. You know, so that's that's Talanoa. Now, if you look at Thule, like I did the Minnesota Charger game last weekend at U.S. Bank's uh, stadium up in Minneapolis. He was the best defensive player on the field. Like wow. he had seven wow. pressures. If you look at the sack by Bosa, the sack by Morgan Fox, the guy that got there first was Thule. Like he won his one-on-one. And then Kirk Cousins, you know, scrambled out of the way, and here comes Bosa. And the thing that I love about Thule is Bosa gets the sack, but I felt like Thule was celebrating more than Bosa was. And when Fox got the sack, I felt like Thule, like his celebrations were like big time. And then if you look at Marlin, if you look at, you know, just the Eagles and their defensive tackle rotation right now with Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and Marlin, I mean, that's as deep and as strong a defensive tackle rotation as there is in the NFL right now. They're as good as anybody in the middle, and Marlon's a big part of that. Let's let's talk about another guy in the middle of that, that defense, uh, Baldy, because I, I think there's back-to-back plays, right, that Jalen Carter had in their last game that were just incredible. I think he gets the pressure up the middle, and then, the, then he forces the fumble on the very next play. What does Jalen Carter, in your eyes, when you look at the film, jump out at you? Which aspect of his game so far has been the one that you've most enjoyed? He just moves bodies, James, big bodies, and maybe like one or two guys at a time. Physically, you know, he broke, a, you know, a blocking sled in Philadelphia this year. It was a big deal. Like nobody's ever seen a blocking yeah. sled get broke. But his his power is tenacious. But then with that, I see a lot of rookies come in and they just play power football. But this guy actually knows how to rush the quarterback. He knows how to get on the edge. Mm. He knows he knows how to. Uh, like there's, he punched the ball out right there. Um, you know, he caused the safety last week by just crushing the pocket. I, yep. He has almost inhuman power, but then he's also says he's not quite the rookie that we expect because he's got pass rush ability and his rise in just three games. He's already becoming one of the more dominant interior defensive linemen in this league. After three games, I mean, he he's grown already and just uh, the amount of snaps that he's taken. Wow, okay, so we heard about two stud rookie, you know, defensive players here, uh, you know, Jalen and and Thule, off inside the ball. And this is a guy you break down all the time that you clearly love his emergence, Dewan Jones, uh, the tackle for the Browns. Fascinating. Well, it's interesting because, you know, the the Browns played four preseason games this year because they had the Hall of Fame game. So Bill Callahan, the offense line coach, said, you know, let's get this kid ready. So he played a ton of snaps. And in fact, a couple of preseason games, he took every snap. So I'm like, okay, who's this guy with the wingspan of a Pacific Manta that's playing out there? Because sometimes that's, that's, he's got his left hand in Cleveland. No, so, see, sometimes his left hand is in Cleveland and his right hand is in Pittsburgh. Like, it's the biggest <laughs> wingspan you've ever seen, right? So then you go, okay, all right, he's got size. We get that. We saw that in Ohio State. We saw that at the Combine. We all did the measurements, right? But then you see him, okay, against Sam Hubbard. Dominant against Sam Hubbard, against Cincinnati. Went in there for Jack Conklin. He got hurt, unfortunately. He's the right tackle. But, you know, even against T.J. Watt, he wasn't bad against T.J. Watt. I mean, T.J. just has a motor. He's just going to keep going and going and going. you got to get used to that. But he was outstanding last week. Um, He looks entrenched to play the next 10 years at that position. And he's a big guy that has good movement, Good sets, and I think you can count on them to play consistent football right now. Baldy, I did their last preseason game, and I remember talking to their coaching staff on the sideline, and they were like, something has clicked here at the end of this preseason with Dewan Jones. And they, they thought it took a minute, but they had loved it heading into the season. I love that breakdown. How about a wide receiver, Jaden Reed, sticking with these young guys from the Packers? What have you seen with him so far? Because they haven't had one of the receivers yet to play for them. And Christian, Christian Watson, Watson hasn't played. So, you know, you look at you look at just last week. You know, yeah, Jaden Reed, second-round pick. Dontavious Wicks. Uh, their fifth round pick out of Virginia, Lucas Musgrave. It's all rookies out there. But this Jaden Reed now, like he's slippery, he's fast, he plays inside, he plays outside. He caught a spray fade last week in that big 17-0 comeback. 
you know, that uh, they had against the Saints. He caught the big play on that. Um, he just looks like he knows how to run routes. I know Jordan Love trusts him. Like, he keeps going to him. And so he's second on the team right now next to Romeo Dobbs in receptions. He's got a couple touchdowns. Um, he's been – like, he's just fluid. He's very fluid, and he's very smooth. He runs good routes, and he can beat man coverage. Like, you can't ask for anything more from your second-round pick because for a long time, Green Bay never got their rookie receivers on the field. Like, you know, go back to, yeah. you know, Devontae Adams and way before that. Right. Like, those guys never made a contribution. They just sat and watched and mm-hmm. made mistakes. And But this kid's out there contributing right away right now. Baldy, I love how each week, though, you really single out this particular veteran – for the Indianapolis Colts. He's been in the league for a while, a wonderful yeah. human being. Yes. But he has really rounded into a stud linebacker, and that's Zaire Franklin. Well, you know, he's from Philly, Steve. So, you know, it's part of me. Is I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm a little pat. You know, James Wright, I mean, he's a Philly kid. Yeah, um, I know but, it. You know, the yeah. thing about him is, you know, you had, you had Shaq Leonard there, and he was, you know, maybe the best playmaking linebacker in football for a while. Then, you had, then he got hurt. Bobby O'Karrake was there. He's got a big free agent contract. So last year, Shaq got hurt. Zaire got a chance to start. The kid has started not just 20 straight games in a row now for the Colts, but he's played every snap in 20 straight games. Like, I don't know if another player has played every snap for 20 straight plays, uh, 20 straight games in this league. And then you watch him last week, and you watch, you know, him chase down Lamar Jackson in the open field and catch him. Like, I, you don't see that. Like, when you see a number 44 come out of one side of the field – and there's Lamar on the run, and he gets caught by Zaire Franklin. You go, that catches your eye. That says, you know, wait a second. What, maybe what I'm seeing is he more? He's more than just a uh, Hoover vacuum cleaner. You know, cleaning up sack uh, <laughs> tackles right here. Like he is all over the field. And anybody that underestimates this Colts defense just isn't paying attention, because what they did to Baltimore now, they look, they just reduced them to just you know, dinking and dunking down the field. And Zaire is a big part of that right now. He's he's really uh, – he's been fun to watch. You're going to get a breakdown from him probably every week. He leads the team in tackles every single week. Uh, number 44 for the Colts is the real deal. Well, the JP's got the popcorn. I, I, yeah. I got, you know – No, this is my favorite segment of the week. I mean, yeah. this, this is the week. best. I, I've got to go get, like, some Raisinets or something for the, for the next week. <laughs> okay. That's a nice Get play. really in the theater. Baldy, we don't have time to talk about Max Crosby, but I'm sure he's going to be dominant again this week. So we're going to talk about him next Thursday. We appreciate the reach references from Cleveland to Pittsburgh, the Manta Ray <laughs> comparisons. We'll see you next yes. Thursday, Baldy. All right. And coming yeah. up. You guys take care, Jay. Baldy, All right. Which teams might be on thin ice? Oh, yeah, this is a segment you're not going to want to miss here on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back to the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weich with you. Steve, how good is Baldy? Is this your favorite thing every Thursday that we have he, on the show? He, he's great. He's great. He's everybody's favorite thing. He's everybody's favorite, not just us in the media world. How about players? Listen to this from Javon Holland, the Dolphins safety, asked about being PFF's number one safety. He said, quote, really the one that's more important is what Baldy thinks. He's like the best analyst I've come across. If I'm in Baldy's breakdowns at the end of the week, then I know I did something that's right. That's what's up. Well, we don't do something right every Thursday here. We know we do something right every Thursday here, Steve, because we have Baldy on. Quick note before we get to the end of this, end of this segment and the end of this show, Steve, David Bakhtiari, the left tackle for the Packers, put on IR. Ian Rappaport, our NFL insider, saying that, you know, obviously it's four games at minimum. He also said we'll see if he comes back this season. That could be a big blow to the Green Bay Packers. And how about, Steve, some teams that are suffered some pretty massive blows early in this young season that were in the playoffs a year ago reeling early on here. Let's start with you and the Giants at one and two. 
Yeah, I mean, look, they play Seattle this week, and we know Seattle, they're a tough team. If the Giants don't win this game, their next two games are at Miami and at Buffalo. James, that means they'd be steering at 1-5, and five, and based with Philadelphia and Dallas in the division, that means the Giants would almost have to be perfect the rest of the way. They've got to win at Seattle and try to get some momentum going. Otherwise, they will not be going back to the playoffs. It's tough. I just feel like everything has to be perfect for them to get wins, including their quarterback, Daniel Jones. How about the Chargers? I'm going to go with them. They're 1-2 and two yep. facing the Raiders. I think, Steve, personally, this is a team, as well as this offense has played, can go on a run. And yep. I think they have a bye week in a couple of weeks, see where Derwin James is in terms of health-wise. That gives them an early opportunity to figure out what they want to do without Mike Williams, who's been lost for the season. But I just think Justin Herbert's been too good. They can put up too many points that down the stretch, if they just fix a few things with their defense, specifically in the secondary what can jc jackson do for them we'll see moving forward but i think they have the ability to write the shift specifically because of the division they are in as well with the raiders and the broncos in there that's the type of team that could go on a seven game win streak so i am not that worried about the chargers mm -hmm. and james let's go to the jacksonville jaguars they're one and two right they were supposed to be the afc one south favorites coming in they're playing over in london against the atlanta falcons this week but I like the Jags because I think, like last year, remember, they won five straight games to finish their season, then won a playoff game. They've got the potential mm -hmm. to do that. The problem is, and this is an intriguing one, after they play the Falcons in London, they have another game in London, right? Then they've opted not to, against the Bills, by the yep. way, and then they've opted not to the take monster. the bye, so they come back and they play the Colts at New Orleans and at Pittsburgh before they have a bye. So they have got to start winning this week. Otherwise, regardless of the type of run they make, it is going to be an uphill climb. They just got to be better in the trenches, Steve. On the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side it's of the ball, they just haven't had any sort of pass rush. Man. I think one of the things is that they have been eating their clippings a little bit. At least that's what Doug Peterson ah. says heading into this. I'll finish this off with the Vikings at 0-3. You and I were talking offline. I think, actually, I'm more confident in the Vikings, who are winless going against the Panthers this Sunday, than I am against the you know for the Giants. I think this team is talented. Obviously, you have a guy in Justin Jefferson that an entire game plan is modeled to stopping him, and uh, he still gets roughly 150 yards a game. It's remarkable. But they, they won so many games by one score a year ago, Steve. We're seeing in some highlights or lowlights as you like to call them with some turnover issues that's been a problem hanging on to the football for the vikings but i still think they're a good team i actually have some confidence in them in a sense i think that part kind of surprises myself a little bit but at the same time i do like what the vikings have jb the vikings better be carolina carolina's had a tough time getting into the end zone plus they got detroit and miami next hey jp we got to get out here on the nfl report week four coming up Dolphins, Bills, that game is going to be off the chain. No, you can't say chain. A-chan. Oh, the chan. Off the chan. Steve, not A-chan. All right, the NFL Report no. on Monday. Listen to the podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.